Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, October the 19th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for this beautiful Friday. And we are doing a new experiment today. We are not only creating and recording the podcast and broadcasting it live over Spreaker, which can be listened to on the homepage of our website at LOAToday.net, but we are also live streaming over Facebook onto the LOA Today page on Facebook. And what we're hoping to do is turn this into a regular thing if this works out the way we want it to. If it works out maybe a little bit better than the way it started out this morning because it was a little bit tricky getting this thing going this morning for some reason. But uh, this is fun stuff. This is uh, breaking into new areas of the bleeding edge of technology. So, Tom, are your fingers bleeding yet? I mean, that's, I mean it's usually a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, really feeling good. You're feeling good. Okay, good. <laughs> so how have you been? We haven't talked for a week. How's, how's your week been going? Oh, it's been quite eventful. A lot of a lot of changes going on in my life always lately, and um, I'm happy. I'm at a good place. Um, I guess I just feel good. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And uh, I've got a I got a splash screen I'm putting up here. So just give me a second. Okay, so we got the splash screen up. Uh, my week's been an interesting week. It's been. Uh, a challenging week in the sense because uh, I'm adding new co-hosts. Uh, Wendy Dillard has backed out as one of my co-hosts, and uh, she's off going to be doing her own podcast, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we have new people who have joined us, one of whom uh, is a young man from California named Drew who goes by the stage name Dark Dry Drew. And, <laughs> uh, or, and, and Drew is a stand-up comedian. Um, oh, great. He just graduated from the University of California, Davis, and wow. we're, we had our first uh, conversation, our first podcast yesterday, and it was a good conversation, um, and we're realizing, we were both realizing this is a rather unique podcast because of the difference in ages between the two of us. So mm. you know, it's like a yeah. millennials meet baby boomers kind of a, a podcast, right? That could be pretty funny. It could be. It could be funny. So, and it could be fun too because – Oh, totally. Yeah, I, mean, I have a blast talking to my millennial uh, kids. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Lots of millennials I have in my life I've had. Yeah. Well, this is actually kind of a, a new thing for me. I mean, I have two, three nephews who are millennials and uh, two nieces and that's pretty much the extent of my uh, connection to millennials, and I don't even talk to them very often. So They're by far the funniest generation I've ever run into. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they really are. I mean, my son is just like, keeps me cracking up. Constantly. Really? Oh, okay. He's nonstop. I mean, it's all he does practically is say things that are truly funny, you know. Cool. Really funny. Well, hey, that's good stuff. Up, they oh. grew up with enough... Uh, you know, humor in their lives right. from movies and everything. And I guess they're just bringing that fresh energy to the planet, too. Right, right. Really nice, yeah. yeah. The, the thing that I was really intrigued by talking to Drew yesterday, Drew uh, gave me the opinion that the millennials, he says, don't really have much in the way of role models compared to earlier generations, which I thought was fascinating. It was a fascinating com- comment that he made. And we actually talked mm-hmm. about it quite a bit after we did the podcast. Huh. Um, but, uh, no, well, he, he pointed out, I mean, who are the, uh, the role models? I mean, Donald Trump. Not exactly, you know, your most uh, ideal. You <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, 
I mean, we all wanted to have a president who thinks that it's great when a congressman body slams a reporter, right? This is a good thing. <laughs> uh, mm, and a few other things. There's yeah. A couple other things. <laughs> but uh, it, it was an interesting point. In fact, he was telling me about some people who are doing very well, uh, basically being kind of like podcasters, but doing, you know, video, uh, making videos on YouTube and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. really made careers for themselves. I mean, there's this one person he mentioned named, uh, oh God, I'm going to get his, his name wrong. I think it's, his last name is Peterson, Jordan, Jared, something like that. Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. I think it is. Mm-hmm. From, he's a, he's a professor from Canada, I believe, who mm-hmm. initially kind of rose to fame by coming out uh, against some sort of legislation that was uh, being investigated at the time or being proposed at the time. And he has since then, in Drew's words, become kind of a father figure to millennials, doing videos like, mm. you know, when, when you're out there in the work world, stand up straight, throw your shoulders back, things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, really? Okay. Well, it turns out this guy has a huge following, and he, he does uh, you know, live talks and presentations at uh, uh, arenas around the country and, and gets paid, really? you know, 50 to $60 a ticket. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> So wow. I guess there is some demand for, you know, role models, models and father figures. Well, yeah, I, uh, I, I actually wanted to always be, you know, in that role of an elder when I got to the age that I am because I felt, well, that's just what the society needs. You know, it needs the older people to be something for the younger people. And so I always tried to cultivate in myself the ability to be somewhat wise, somewhat available to younger people because I, I just thought that's the way the society actually should really run. And, um, of course, if you don't have genuine wisdom, then it doesn't really go very far, <laughs> but, um, but that's what people need. You know, young people do need genuine, genuinely wise and loving elders that are available to share what they know, unless, you know, it's all hype, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not very worth, not, not worthwhile. Yep. Very true. But uh, it, it's, it's a fascinating conversation. Uh, in fact, next week, he and I are going to explore something that's uh, near and dear to his heart. We're going to talk about um, dating and the law of attraction. And mm-hmm. that apparently, according to him, uh, dating is actually almost more difficult for his generation than for prior generations just because of how the whole societal shift has happened. So it should be fascinating. It should be fun. And yeah. we're, we're oh, going to yeah. be doing a lot of stuff going forward. Be really That'll good. be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. envious. Yeah, I'm going to have to start listening to those podcasts. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, hey, we can, you know, we can even uh, do, do cross podcasts. We can bring him on to our show, or you join, have oh, yeah. you join us on, on the other show, or something like that. Yeah. Um, as long as he's dry and dark and not lighthearted and fun. <laughs> now, actually, he he is going to be working on uh, uh, doing the the lighthearted type humor. He, he's he's avoiding the the really <laughs> absurdist dark humor on on our podcast. Which is good. Oh, I see. Yeah, because okay. yeah. we want to keep it. That was actually his specialty. So he yeah. wasn't kidding what he said. Oh no, no, that, that's that's definitely what he does when he does his stand up. But oh, um, okay. but he also agrees that we need to have positive entertainment, and that's one of the reasons he was enthusiastic and excited mm. about coming out of the podcast. So nice. Yeah. How'd so, you find him? I found him on Facebook. I actually cool. put the word out on Facebook. I was targeting comedians, and I used the uh, Law of Attraction in there. And I actually got—I mean, I—I I have currently four or five new co-hosts joining, all of whom are comedians, and all of whom have some exposure to the Law of Attraction. Um, so you've added that many more podcasts? No, no, same number of podcasts. Uh, we're going to be uh, having some co-hosts do double, or you know, do 
two co- two co-hosts on one show kind of a deal. Once? Yeah. Mm, so this um and one example of that is this coming Sunday, Anne Marie and I do the Sunday podcast Sunday night and we're going to be joined by a comedian from I think he's from Atlanta named Mark Evans, really interesting guy and cool. uh, and good presence online and so on the air rather. Um but uh, so that's going to be fine. We're going to be doing the three of us there. And then Tuesdays, it's going to be me with a young woman named Alex King and a young man named Carlos. And I always have to check the, the, the spelling of his last name. I think it's Palasquito. I, I, I always get it wrong. So, Carlos, if you're listening, I apologize. I am going to learn your name. I promise I will. It's just for whatever reason, your name is just not working in my head yet. But it'll come. It'll come over time. I'll just put a big note on my screen saying Carlos's last name is, and that way I'll always Yeah, know. right, right. And, down. and both of them are really interesting people. Alex actually has Asperger's syndrome, and oh. she's she's a, a recluse as a result. Um, she's a woman of color. She uh, is agoraphobic, so she spends most of her time at home. But she's a really nice, sweet, well-spoken woman. And uh, we, she actually sat in... Uh, Patty Framo. Yeah, these are all comedians. All people who are, who are pursuing careers as comedians. Um, That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. now the Patty Framo does the Monday podcast with me. And interestingly enough, I interviewed Alex about a half hour before that podcast. And then as soon as I got off the phone with Alex, like a minute later, I got a text from Patty saying, that she had just flown in. She lives in San Diego. She had just flown in from San Francisco and was feeling really rough, really not feeling well at all, and, and didn't feel like she was up to doing the podcast. Hmm. And I just finished talking to Alex. So I said, I'll call Alex back. So I called Alex back. I said, hey, you know, something strange has come up. Patty, who normally does the Monday show with me, can't do it. Any chance you want to step in and just do a last-minute podcast? And she said, sure. So we did the Monday podcast together. I mean, talk about law of attraction, right? But it, yeah. it was great, and we had a good time. I, I learned a lot about Asperger's, and she's going to be good. So she's great. going to be a good That's addition. So yeah, so we've yeah. got a lot. And there's also a fifth gentleman who um, has expressed interest in also doing the Thursday podcast with Drew and I. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to come on. I don't want to name him just yet because I want to make absolutely certain. But, yeah, got a lot of new young blood coming onto the show, and it's going to be a good thing. Mm, that'll be wonderful. Yeah, that's really good. I'm going to have to listen to more episodes. Absolutely. But yeah. finding the time, finding the time to listen to a lot of podcasts is not something that I've been able to do. But I, <laughs> you know, if it's going to be funny, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more interesting than anything. Well, and I think a lot of it, it's actually going to be fairly serious talk because okay. they're all bringing really interesting topics and issues to the table. So I mean, yeah, there will be humor involved in it, but it's mostly going to be good. Really good topics. Mm. Comedy, you know, people people who do comedy often have some really powerful messages. Yes, yes, very much so. So Mm. that's a good thing. And before we go any further, I also want to remind our listeners, if you're not yet a subscriber, you want to make sure you become a subscriber so you can catch up and hear all this stuff coming right to your smartphone when and wherever we we record it. Because as soon as we record it and add it, it goes right onto the feed and it shows right right in your smartphone. So become a subscriber if you haven't done that. If you need help doing that, the instructions are on our homepage at LOAToday.net. There's a link for Apple users. There's another link for Android users. And um, there's also a third link for people who who have other kinds of devices. But, of course, most people are either iPhone or Android. And, uh, yeah, become a subscriber. You're going to love it. And if you're already an existing subscriber, or if you're even if you're becoming a new subscriber, please take a moment to share that you're listening on LOAToday.net um, on your favorite social media channel. 
Uh, we're, we're, we've been pushing that for a while, and it's paying off. We want to really keep pushing that because we want more and more people to get that daily dose of happy. I just keep imagining, Tom, what happens when we get to the point where we have, you know, like hundreds of thousands, millions of people getting their daily dose of happy, getting that better feeling just by listening to part or all of a podcast each day. I, I, the, yeah. the, the change is going to be incredible. It could be it could be very powerful. I'm totally totally with you on that. And it's also a great way to introduce, you know, law of attraction. And I mean your your topic today for us is perfect because the fundamental principles of the law of attraction, they have changed our lives and they, they have the potential for changing the lives of millions, which is really what our goal is. So I'm glad you brought it up today. It's a good one. Yeah, and it's very timely for me because I'm just sort of going back and reevaluating what I teach my clients, you know, what principles I really find the most relevant in my own life. I I know I had a, a brand new client yesterday and I, you know, he's a person who had some difficult background and I, and I felt like this is a great person to experience with the things that for me have really worked with law of attraction and with my other clients mm-hmm. to share with him because he's, he's so, receptive you know he's he's really needs to hear these principles in a lot of ways in his life because he's he has struggled a lot and i felt that it gave me a chance in that session to to really go back to the fundamentals mm-hmm. and and that's always a good thing for me to ask my own self you know well yeah what things do i sort of live by around the law of attraction that i've learned over the last 5 years of being immersed in it so much um, and so that's why I thought it would make a good, good topic for today since it's right on the top of my mind. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. I thought maybe we could just go back and forth a little bit on this, on this podcast, sharing what we each find to be the most relevant things. And, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm willing. I'm willing. I mean, see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell, tell give me an idea of where you want, where you're thinking about going with it. Cause there are lots of different directions we can go on that. So, I mean, do you have something? Yeah. Well, specific I, in mind? I made a list of about, you know, 15 things. And so I was just going to sort of go down the list and then oh, okay. you know, see what it sparked in you, um, as to the relevance of these things. See, because what I, what I want, what I said in the description of today's podcast is, which things really work? Oh, yeah, <laughs> which, <sorry>. thing, <laughs> which things can you rely on? Um, because I found some of the things over the over the last five years I've been relying on, but have they really been the best things for me to rely on? But which things are the perennials? You know, mm-hmm. which things are the evergreens? You know, right. that they they continually show up as well. You know what? No matter what. I don't care if you call me law of attraction, you call me a human being. These are the things that really are working in my life that give me stability, help me feel connected to who I really am. And they stick with me through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I'll always turn back to. And cause I realized in just talking with this particular person, you know, these, these are things that are so fundamental to my life and to his life that I can say them to him unequivocally that, you know, this is something that I want you to practice as homework, you know? Right. And one of those things for him was, I'll start with, was to make peace with where you're at, no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. like no matter where you're at moment by moment, if you can somehow find a way to not let it be a thorn in your side, a something that's just completely destroying your life, find a way to to take a step back from it 
at least a little and say, you know, I, no matter what this is, I'm going to just find a way to be a little bit less freaked out about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to make some peace. I'm going to make some peace with this and accept the fact that they, I'm right now. I feel sad as heck. I feel really disappointed or I feel really angry, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but I'm going to accept the fact that right in this moment, that's what's going on, you know? And now from here, what can I, what can I do to, um, to move forward from this place that I'm at right now? How do I, how do I be with this thing and make peace with it? Well, I, I agree matter. with you. I, in fact, I think you're absolutely right in saying you got to start with where you are right now, because no matter how painful it is, if you can't look at that long enough to get some sense of what it feels like and what it, um, not just what it feels like, but why it's happening. I mean, usually we have a pretty good idea why we're feeling particularly a negative emotion of some kind. It's usually not a a surprise. It's something that Mm -hmm. we already know what it is. And and so it pays to take just a little time, not a lot, but just a little time to kind of examine it, ask it questions like, okay, I know that um, I'm angry because of X, but why am I angry because of X? What is it about X that really would make me angry or, or what is it about X that uh, it was anger the only way that I could have reacted to it? Could I have felt differently about it? Could I have looked at it differently? Or, you know, why wasn't I looking at it differently? What was it that was driving me? You know, was it because I was depending on someone else to determine what my reaction was going to be because, you know, they treated me well or they treated me badly. And, you mm-hmm. know, because of the way they treated me, I reacted. I didn't actually choose a reaction. I just kind of went with a default. So, I mean, those are the kind of things you have to ask yourself to find out what's going on before you can do anything else to try to climb out of it. Mm-hmm. And and there's a sort of fundamental principle in the field of um, dealing with feelings in psychology, which is, you know, just accept the fact that right at this moment, let's – I'm – I'm, I'm angry and that's okay. Or right at this moment, I feel so depressed and I am crying and I feel so miserable, but that's, that's where I'm at right at this moment. And yeah, I want out of this feeling like crazy, but you know, to get out of that feeling, sometimes it's the biggest thing to do. The first thing to do is to quit fighting it and say, this is how I feel right now. And, you know, if I need to cry and have a good cry, I need to have a good cry mm-hmm. and I need to be angry and I need to just feel frustrated right now. I'm friggin' frustrated and, and be with that for a little bit and accept the fact that, and that's where it leads to the second main point is for me is in a way is accept the fact that my emotions are my guidance system, mm. that whatever is coming up for me, as bad as it feels, as bad as it seems, as bad as I'm even telling myself it is, you know, which is just a story, but it's, that's what, that's what's coming up. But my emotions, they are actually there for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm feeling very upset, um, you know, call it sadness, call it anger, call it grief, you know, whatever you call it, it's, it's a, there is a reason that that emotion is coming up. That is actually something wonderful about my emotions. They are going to guide me to my alignment with my higher self. And therefore I don't need to feel like they are punishment. I don't need to feel like I'm a bad person for feeling this thing. You know, why am I so screwed up? You know, how, how come I just can't get my act together? You know, all these blame, shame things we do, mm. they don't really help. 
you know, what really helps is feel that feeling and accept it. And then from there, it can begin to transform. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. And, and when you have that kind of, um, of, of honesty, self-honesty, it, it's where you're taking your first steps to climb out of the bad place. Because you really mm-hmm. can't climb out until you get that level of honesty going. That, that's really key. And once you've got it going, what you're really doing is you're connecting to the emotion. And yeah. connecting to the emotion is key. That's like fundamental when it comes to applying the law of attraction in the way you want to apply it. So I agree completely. That's, that's definitely the thing it's, to it's do. Like, it's, it's, it's actually, you could say, you know, divine guidance, or maybe people don't like the word divine. What would you could just say? It's your guidance system. It, it's actually, it's something built in that's, that's designed that way. Emotions are designed to help you be guided toward what you really want. Mm-hmm. And then there's other things like, like I was telling this person, for example, you know, do you have a belief in some kind of a power, some kind of a love, some kind of a, an energy force that is bigger than you or is in, in the unseen realm that you can have some reliance on, have some faith in, have some trust in. Is there something that you trust that's bigger than your problems? That's bigger than your own sense that, oh, I'm a human being here on the earth and I'm suffering. You know, I'm struggling because that's a lot what I get is people, you know, clients who they're suffering or struggling in one way or the other and very confused and very, you know, somehow feeling distraught. And, and one thing that I always work with clients and I work with myself is let that higher power have your back. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let this love that is actually orchestrating the universe Trust in it. Trust that there is something that, for example, allows, as well as Abraham says, let's the planets spin in perfect proximity to each other. Let's, um, let's the food show up on your plate. Let's your breath come in and out. Let's the, the sun, you know, show up another day. You know, let's the air give you oxygen. You know, it, it, all these things that are causing life to be here. Can you trust in it? You know, and I think that's, that's the second hugest principle besides making peace with your, with what's coming up for you is can you trust that there is a greater force that, that you don't, do not have to feel alone here and lost and stuck in your problems? Sure. What do you think about that one? I, I think that's true. Um, now I also would want to put a caveat in. The caveat is there are some people who have various, uh, Issues with religion and so forth, and, and I know because I was one of them and still am in many ways, mm-hmm. um, who would have a little trouble with this idea of the higher power. But the good news is you don't have to think about it as a higher power if you don't want to. Um, mm. You can also think about it in terms of, uh, I like the term that Abraham Hicks uses, source energy. Uh, yeah. If you think about you know, how was the universe created, right? How What what drives the universe? Where, where is, why is there so much dynamic activity going on? Where, where does that energy come from? Well, the idea of source energy is that's the creative energy. That's the energy that, that created the universe. It's the energy behind all of it. And even if you don't believe that there's a single higher power behind it, you can certainly believe in energy because energy is everywhere. And that, it's pretty yeah. evident. It's not like it's, not like it's hiding, right? It's not, it's right, not in right. the ether someplace. It's like it's right there. <laughs> and you can't yeah. really avoid it. So the energy is there. And, and the good news is we can tap into that energy. 
Well, tapping into energy for somebody who is not terribly spiritual or not terribly religiously oriented is literally exactly the same as trusting in a higher power. There is no actual tangible difference, but it's a different way of looking at it for those who just have a little challenge looking at the higher power idea. Yeah, and I, I have a little difficulty with just the second I say higher power in my old probably Catholic upbringing, <laughs> which I no longer adhere to, it Im- immediately goes to some concept of like a, you know, the, that there's some, f- you know, big guy out there. Is there some big, uh, I, I still crack up when I hear people say, you know, God, and then they start calling it he, you know, and, yeah. and I'm thinking, ooh, 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 wait a minute, who's he? Um, and, but, you know, if, if that's what people need, I, but I personally am more like you. I mean, I would much rather call it source, and I even like calling it my inner being, you know, like yeah. my inner mm-hmm. being or my higher self, you know, like, although that creates a dichotomy right away in it, it's hard for me to imagine, well, I have a higher being and a lower being. You know, yeah, I mean? right. Yeah, um, no, I, I often call it the other part of me. That way, it's not yeah, higher or lower. It's just you know, it's the non-physical part of me. Because that yeah. that that's another key portion of Abraham teaching, which is that we are not just the physical side of us. We also have a non-physical side. And, yeah, and that's and, why I call it the unseen realm. Yeah, and that's a good way of describing it. The 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 other part of us we don't see. I mean, we feel it. If you if you're looking for it, it's inside. Um, often, I mean, for me and for many people, it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes to say, I've got that connection. Where is it? I know it's in there somewhere where I can't find it, but, uh, it's always there. And I, I don't know about you for me. It, I, I kind of associate it as being physically in my body, like between my, my solar plexus and my heart, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, yeah. And, and I mean, it almost doesn't really matter how you visualize it, but, but to me, that's how I feel that connection. And there is in, in my Feeling in my experience, it, there is a sense of of infinite depth going on there. I mean, I know mm. physically my body is you know a certain width, and a certain height, and a certain depth, and so forth. But mm-hmm. from what you might call a more spiritual viewpoint, it does seem to go on endlessly. And I think that's really the connection to the inner being, so, you know, to to, to my that's other half, to my other side. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. I have a friend who says the same thing about her. Sounds you know like when I've really probed a little bit into where does she experience this thing that other people would call God or we'd call the source, um, higher power, you know, and she says she really experiences it right there. Like you did mm-hmm. in her heart, in her, yeah. her heart. Area. I don't, you know, I, I can't say that, that, Oh yeah, it's right there. I still think of my body and everything in it as almost like just, uh, just almost like a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that serves me that well. I, I would prefer that I had a really strong feeling like you do, because you called it a feeling. And I, um, I can't actually say it's a strong feeling. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something mm-hmm. I definitely noticed, but it, it's not strong for me. It's fairly weak, actually, but it's very definite. Mm-hmm. It's always in the same place. And mm-hmm. it's always, um, boy, there, there, there's a, there's a particular tangible quality to it, and I don't have a label for it, but it, it's always that same tangible quality. Whatever yes. that thing is. Well, so we'll call it grog. You know, it's, it's that grog quality. <laughs> <laughs> grog. Oh, Walt takes part in grog. Rock, well, Walt imbibes in grog. <laughs> no, That's I don't what, drink isn't it. That another, isn't that another word for, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's an alcohol, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe not the best, uh, uh best choice in word, perhaps. I'll, oh, I'll, it's okay. I'll have to work on that one. <laughs> so what's another, what's another law of attraction fundamental that you rely on? That will carry you through in just just any situation that is tried and true. Well, I'm I'm always reminded whenever I think about source energy that 
I came to the conclusion a long time ago, and I really do believe it to this day. Source energy is the same thing as love. And when I understand it that way, when, when I understand that love is the creative force and that love actually takes a tangible form in source energy, then I realize that what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to stir the love up again inside of me. Because mm-hmm. when, I'm, when I'm in a really, really depressed state, the love is not flowing. I've got it blocked off entirely. Mm-hmm. And I need to get it flowing again. So literally, one of my favorite things to do when I'm feeling really depressed is to do the favorite, my favorite things to do, which sounds kind of strange. But I mean, my first thing that I think of is what would I love to do right now? Forget about depression, forget about issues or relationships or money or health or whatever else that is I'm struggling with that's making me so depressed in the first place. What do I love to do? Especially something simple, something I can just mm. do right now. Nice. Um, I mean, one of my favorite things is literally to go out and walk just to take a mm-hmm. long walk and get out in nature and breathe in the air and all that kind of thing. Cause it inevitably makes me feel at least a little better. And usually it makes me feel quite a bit better, especially if it's a mm-hmm. long walk. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, so that's one of my favorite things to do. And, and so I will go for what is the first thing I can think of that I love doing that I would be willing to do now. Not that I would necessarily love to do now, cause that may be too much of a reach, but something that I know Historically, I have always loved doing it, even though I don't really feel like doing it right now. I can kind of push myself to do that because I have a history of loving it, even when I'm not feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I recommended to this client yesterday was, you know, I said, do you have any place near you? Because he lives in a very dense city and he lives in the inner city part of it. Mm-hmm. I said, is there any place you can go where um, you can be in nature? Yeah. And, you know, he said, well, there's a park about a mile and a half down the street. And I said, I said, would you be willing to go there um, every day that that feels like a good day? Would you would you like that? And would you would you go and walk around that park one time at least, you know, and Mm -hmm. then come back, you know, because he has to take a bus or he has to walk a mile to get there. But, you know, I walk often every day. I walk about a half a mile to get to my favorite open space, you know, that's full of beautiful cottonwood trees and just wide open spaces and a pond and things like that. <clears throat> because if I don't do that, I, I become claustrophobic inside my, my house, you know, and it, I get to tunnel vision can start to happen where I'm just, well, just obviously spending way too much time being sitting in a chair and working on my projects where getting, getting out and walking and being in nature like you do. It just changes my whole perspective. It gets all kinds of things changing inside me. And I'm sure scientifically that uh, physiologists and, and biologists and other brain doctors could tell you all kinds of things it's doing for your serotonin and all these things that are being activated by going out and going for a walk, especially in a place where you have appreciation mm. going on of nature, you know, right. that natural appreciation. So yeah, I really agree with you finding something like that. I, I have my guitar out and I put it on a stand so that I will quote unquote force myself to pick it up and start playing. But once I do, then it's like it can change my state a lot because I, I love playing and I love singing or I love playing lead guitar. And, um, it just, it just takes me on a journey it's pretty easy for me to go on that journey. And then it changes my state, just like going out into nature. Right. 
Exactly. And so these this, are these are really big things to do. They are. And, and I, it's also really powerful to recognize that if you have a pre-existing list that you've started to put together or maybe put together for some time of things to do when you're not feeling up to anything, you're just feeling so down, you're, nothing's going to make you feel better. It's so mm -hmm. much easier to pick one when you have a written list. That's something that Patty Framo convinced me to do, to actually mm -hmm. make a list of my favorite processes, my favorite things to do that when I need a pick-me-up of some kind. And when you first sit down to do such a list, I mean, it's, it can often be hard to think of one item to put on the list. And that's usually because you're trying to make a list when you're feeling depressed. But if you keep a list, keep a written list somewhere, I mean, when I actually sat down to do it, I was in a pretty good frame of mind. I added 18 items to the list. I couldn't wow. believe how easy it was. Now, again, wow. I was doing it when I was feeling good, not when I was feeling down, Yeah, which, yeah. Was, which was big. But... It was really but when you're feeling down, can you go to that list and pick something? Yeah. Do you do that? Yeah. I, I have the list uh, taped to my wall here in the office where I do the podcast. And mm -hmm. you know, if, if this is where I spend a lot of my time anyway. So if, if I'm in a difficult situation, mentally or emotionally speaking, I'll look at the list and say, is there anything there that I feel like I can do right now? Just any one that I can do right now. And it helps. In fact, one of the items on the list is actually 22 items in one. <laughs> <laughs> 22 and one. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll recall that at the back of the Abraham Hicks mm -hmm. book, asking it is given, there are 22 processes you can do right. to right. You know, help improve your emotional set point. And mm -hmm. they're, they're actually useful to have reference to because among other things, each process is labeled to identify what emotional states are best to be in when you use them. And if you're in a depressed state, it's the, the ones toward the ends, end of that list that are best for somebody who's in a depressed state. So you can just go to a process that is directly created specifically for someone who's feeling depressed mm -hmm. or someone who's mm -hmm. feeling angry or someone who's feeling hatred or revenge or whatever, you know, really, really dark, deep, dark feelings. There are processes mm -hmm. built into that book for that. And I'd forgotten that for a while until... Um, Patty, again, same person. Patty's a great life coach. When, when Patty recommended to me that I, you know, check that book out again, because I had had the book for years, but I hadn't looked at the processes in a long time. There are some good ones back there for somebody who's really feeling bad. Probably first and foremost is actually one of your favorites, meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the big ones on my list here. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I can't help but working with clients with that one because it's been so influential in my life for, the last 47 years because I learned to meditate when I was 23 from a teacher who said, you know, I want you to do this two hours a day, you know, an hour in the morning, an hour at night, first thing when you get up and the last thing when you go to bed. And mm. so for at least um, at least 25 years of my life, I did that religiously. I mean, li literally religiously every day, you know, like, and, and it always turned into an hour and 20 minutes because there's four, four meditation techniques that I would do every morning oh, and wow. I would do each of them for 20 minutes because 15 just never felt like enough. Although he said, heck, if you even only do, you know, half an hour, you know, at least do, do something. And of course, a lot of people today say, if you only do five minutes to do something. And that's what I say to my clients, you know, Hey, can you do any? It's amazing how many people find so much resistance to even finding five or 10 minutes. Um, but I try to really work with clients in that arena because I know that once they do some meditation and really get to the place where they you know, I love this one description of meditation I recently heard just, it says, just flop yourself down in a chair 
and and breathe and and just do um let your mind relax you know and i thought Not okay bad. that's one form of meditation yeah sure and it can be and sometimes it can be one of the best because you aren't trying to meditate yeah. sometimes when people try and say well okay what technique do i have to do and and oh my god this is hard i experienced that all those years i was meditating a lot of times by trying to do the technique i find myself going am i doing this right mm-hmm. um, am i getting anywhere you know and <clears throat> that doesn't work you know because what really works is to get off all the expectations and get into the relaxation part of it and that's why using your breath is often such a, a good thing but even some people say even trying to focus on your breath is can be too much now i i find i like to have that focus often but sometimes lately i'm i'm using a variety of things like i'm even listening to guided meditations because i'm just looking for the thing that gets me into that place inside where i feel like i'm really slowing down my thoughts are slowing down and something else is beginning to come up they say you know it sort of bubbles up from inside you it 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 issues forth and it's a feeling of of ease it's a feeling of peace it's a feeling of uh, receptivity, you know, and you're letting in something else. You're letting something else be there other than just this stream of thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you too about uh, how you can kind of talk yourself out of meditation because all the rules about meditation I used to hear literally kept me away from it. I just didn't, it, it was too much work. It was too much effort. Like I, I just can't be bothered to do that. And it wasn't until somebody pointed out to me, I think it was the breathing technique, just breathe, you know, let sit down, calm down and breathe for a bit. And that's meditation. I said, Oh, well, okay. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I like what the guy said, flop yourself down in a chair, yeah, close right. your eyes and be, be still for a while. Yep. Just don't just stop, drop your, all your agendas for five minutes and 10 minutes. And, and yeah, just doing that once a day is helpful. It's amazing how many people I've noticed are, they're pretty driven, you know, and they, they just don't, really believe they can stop being driven by their mind and into all these things that seem so important. And, and it's so ironic that, that actually stopping being driven just for a little bit can change your whole life. It can begin to change your perspective. Meditation is so powerful in that way. Well, that's why the, the simple idea of just focus on your breathing is great because if you're a driven person and you focus on your breathing for even just a few minutes, all of that drivenness re- just relaxes because the mm-hmm. only thing you're, you're allowing yourself to focus on is the breathing. And, you know, typically what often happens is, you know, especially if you're really active and you have a really active mind, you sit down and you focus on your breathing for two seconds and then you're <laughs> off on some other tangent of some other thing you've been thinking about. And right. then you gently bring it back to the breathing again. And then you focus mm-hmm. on the breathing for another two seconds. And now you're off on another direction. And then you gently bring it back to the breathing. And so it's a little bit of a tug of war for a bit there. But after you've mm-hmm. done it for a few minutes, you know, you, you just keep going at it and going at it and just use the same determination with the breathing as you do with anything else you're doing in your life. You, you get there fairly quickly. It just it, You just have to be a little patient with it. Yeah. And I found after meditating for 47 years that the key, one of the biggest keys to it is to let the, you know, sort of accept the fact that thoughts are always going to be there probably. So I'll just let them be more in the background and I'm going to put my focus more on something else, you know? So, I mean, something that's more, um, you know, that's going to lead me to a more peaceful place that, mm. that, so that's why breath or for example, I have a ringing in my ears, 
you, people would call it tinnitus, but to me, it's, it's a, it's a gift because it's a, something I can always listen to and it'll take me right to a place of a lot more peace inside because it isn't, it isn't my thoughts. It's this high ringing sound. So, you know, some people have certain music that they listen to. And of course, the old traditional thing, watch a candle flame. Um, and there are, there are many things, many, many ways to meditate, but breath is so great because breath is the first thing that comes in, comes into us when we're born. And it's the last thing apparently that leaves when we leave our bodies. So it is, uh, you know, and there's many spiritual traditions say that within the breath lies the essence of who you really are. That is your infinite self is actually in that breath. And when it, comes in the body and when it leaves, that's where you are. You know, you're in that breath. And so I, I like to, to, you know, the understanding that, wow, when I focus on my breath, I'm actually focusing on something that is much more than I can imagine. Mm, yeah, that's right. I, well, I also was glad to find out this year that this is the first time I ever found out about it. There's a thing called a walking meditation, which I had never heard mm-hmm. of. Yeah, yeah. And when it was described to me, I can't even remember which co-host it was, but one of them described to me what a walking meditation was. And when mm-hmm. she described it to me, I realized I'd been doing it for years and not realizing I was meditating. Meditating. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that it was a form of meditation, that, and it was something I'd already been doing. Um, uh-huh. Because literally, what I have a tendency to do, particularly when stuff's getting to me and I just need to take a break and get away from it, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who goes in the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. Instead... I got a pace, and literally as I pace, I, I didn't realize I was doing this consciously, but I was, I've always done this kind of you know below my conscious awareness. I shake my hands. I shake my arms to like shake off whatever it is that's really mm. bugging me at that particular moment. And, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't even know I was doing it until she described to me what a walking meditation is. That it, she, she literally described it as shaking it off. I said, but, but I do that. <laughs> I, did, I said it with surprise, like, I, I've been doing that for years. Mm, she says, oh, cool. well, you're doing a walking meditation. I said, I am? Really? <laughs> so it yeah. was, I, I kind of was doing it naturally, right? It was like, it, uh-huh. it, it was like a dog or a cat shaking because they got water on them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same kind of oh. thing. Shaking the, the, the bad juju away, the bad energy away that's really pissing the hell out of me. Just shake it right off. I, yeah. That's what I do. I pace around. My wife makes jokes about how we need a bigger house so I can have a longer pathway, a longer hallway to pace in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably yeah, true, you know? Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Well, you know, it's so funny you say that. I think we talked about this in other podcasts, but that, you know, I studied shamanism for a long time and, and one of the main medicine forms that shaman use is shaking and, uh, they, they literally shake themselves into that altered state. And it is, um, it, it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. There was a period where I was trying it a lot and I was doing a lot of shaking to, you know, some pretty powerful music that was coming from Africa that I had on this CD, um, from the Bushmen of Africa who they go into all their trances through shaking and oh, really? they get fire going at night and the, yeah, and the shaman and they dance around, but they shake and they shake really, really violently. They, they let their whole bottom part of their body just start vibrating until it takes them into a trance and then they fall over and, <laughs> and they go on these journeys, these amazing, they said these ropes drop down from the sky and they climb up these ropes and then they go and they say they have conversations with what they call the great God. Uh, and they talk to ancestors. They bring back healings for the village. Um, if someone's got an illness or something, they bring back, you know, the knowledge of what herbs that person needs and how to, 
prepare the herbs and all kinds of things. So, and they get that into that state as do many shaman all over the world through, through shaking. And you, and so there was this period where I was doing that. And this one night I, I was in bed and I was just let my, my legs were just going crazy, moving and shaking, moving and shaking. And I fell asleep and I then had a dream that was the most lucid dream of my entire life. I might have talked wow. about this in another show, but I had this experience with this bird woman <laughs> kind of that came to me and I went into this state of love that was so powerful that I knew for the first time in my life what love actually was. It was like, oh, dang, love is actually this thing that is so powerful that it literally changed my entire body and mind and it woke me up. And for 15 minutes, I was in this state of such bliss and such peace and such, I could feel my heart healing. I could feel my whole body healing. Um, it was just pulsating through my whole body. And the only way I could describe it was just pure, unadulterated love of the highest caliber that I could ever imagine. And I have experienced similar things, um, like with this woman I've been dating. As sometimes I experience things similar with her. But, but that experience showed me that this shaking medicine, this th- thing of shaking actually probably has a lot more in it than we know. Um, and of course, Western people don't even know about it because we generally don't practice these indigenous, you know, practices. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily tell people that shaking is one of the best LOA things you can do, but no, it may, it maybe is. <laughs> well, no, I was just amazed that there was something I've been doing all my life and not realizing yeah. it was meditative. I mean, I always thought yeah. that, I, like I said earlier, I was not terribly religious. I kind of gave up religion at age 14. And from yeah. that point on, I, I considered myself to not only be not religious, but not believe in God and not to believe in, in afterlife or anything else like that. I was just, I was just a complete doubter. And yet here I was engaging in a meditative process all those years and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. There's so many things. The, 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 there are a lot of labels we get tied up on and it's nice to know that there are ways to not get tied up on them and, and get the benefit out of the stuff that's behind it. That That's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good, especially in this day and age, because um, there seems to be a melting of people's dependence on, um, you know, religion, uh, people's dependence on ritual and ceremony that doesn't really have content to it, doesn't mm-hmm. really get you where you want to get to. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, everybody believe they just keep doing it. But, you know, because the church said to do it for the last 500 years, but <laughs> it doesn't necessarily get you where you want to get to. Yeah, um, it never, never really did a whole lot for me, I have to say. But other things mm-hmm. do, and that's really the best thing. I mean, you you well, are asking about processes that we can do, you know, various things, activities, and whatever we can do to help get out of that bad feeling place that we're in. And one of my favorites is music. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I mentioned music particularly is I, I like you, um, was a musician in my younger days. Uh, played in bands and so forth. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I actually gave up playing music earlier on in my life, mainly because most of the music that we ended up playing, because we were, we were, you know, a cover band. Actually, I was in a few Mm -hmm. cover bands. And yeah, I was too. (laughs) Yeah. And, and when you're in cover bands, well, that's what you do. You, you cover other people's music. Well, most of the music that's out there is pretty darn depressing. I mean, you listen to the music, you listen to the music. Some of the music is very upbeat, but you listen to the lyrics. Oh God. I mean, 
you, you start, and you, of course you're singing those lyrics. I, I was more of a backup singer than anything, but you start singing those lyrics over and over again, and oh, it's doing a number on your mind. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really why I had to give it up after a while. But after I got involved with the law of attraction and trying to figure out, okay, how do I get myself into that better feeling place? Because that, I mean, that's really what we want. We want to be in the better feeling place so we can attract better the stuff that we want. Well, mm-hmm. okay, I knew what the mission was. How do I get there? And I thought about the music. And at first I just said, well, I can't go there because the music's so negative. But I also remembered at one point that there are some songs that actually have, you know, fairly positive messages to them. And so, you know, I, I took advantage of um, smartphones and took my iPhone and started putting together a list of my favorite positive music. And it took a while. I mean, the first time I tried to do it, I think it came up with seven songs. It wasn't a real long list. <laughs> but over time, you know, oh, yeah, how about that song? So I'd add that song. And, oh, yeah, how about that one? I'll add that one. And mm-hmm. now I've got, I think, I don't know, 60, 70 songs on the list. And mm-hmm. I'll play that, uh, like, on, my, on one of my walks or if I'm driving around or something. And it helps. It's another way of getting myself into a better feeling place just by hearing these songs that I like that have positive messages or a good feeling about them, you know, some mm-hmm. some, some sort of positive association. And mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of a, an eclectic mix. I mean, it's not like one particular genre or something like that. But I don't care because it makes me feel better, and that's all that really matters. So I, I thoroughly mm-hmm. recommend everybody, you know, think about what songs you know that you feel have a positive message that feel good to you. And start making a list of them. You know, take advantage of the way smartphones work and make yourself a playlist. And then just you know, play your playlist periodically. It definitely helps to get you in a better feeling place. Mm, good. Yeah, another one that I um, that I use a lot and I noticed I was using with this client is um, to, to start thinking of every moment as a brand new beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, you know, saying that every... Every second is a second chance. And, uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool when I heard it. That every moment, if, I mean, this is an intellectual thing, but intellectual things actually help me because I found that I can actually not, not that I, that I want them to override my emotional guidance system because I think that's, I think my emotions are where the real change takes place that really then I feel it in my whole body. Mm. And, and, and the more I feel the change in my whole body, the more I start living from that place of ease. You know, I start living from that place of, I, I just feel good. You know, well, that just seems to be my default state, but that's arrived at through allowing myself to let my emotions guide me to that place. But, but this is using my mind to just say, you know, um, if there's these stories I tell myself about my past and, and how, or how messed up I am, or when am I ever going to get what I want in my life? When am, when am I ever going to be, you know, have the relationship I want, have the money I want, have the house I want, or whatever we tell ourselves. But then to realize that every moment is a brand new beginning in terms of literally in terms of quantum physics. You know, mm-hmm. there, every moment is malleable new beginning that anything is actually possible. And right. when I start realizing that it's a quantum universe where it's it's all up to the observer. It's up to me what I'm expecting, what I'm imagining is possible. That's going to determine the way things are unfolding. So let each moment be brand new is a pretty powerful way to imagine life is actually happening. It does take a shift in, in attention, doesn't it? Because 
whenever we're in that bad feeling place, our attention is always drawn back to whatever that causes of that bad feeling. You know, whatever, whatever the or experience the fear was. Of the future. Or the fear of the future, yeah. It could, well, they're both bad feelings, it's true. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, that was something Joel and I talked about yesterday during yesterday morning's podcast about how if you are in any way experiencing something from a time-related viewpoint, whether it be from the past or the future, you're in the wrong place because you need to be in the now. So that's mm-hmm. like the clue. The moment that you notice that you're thinking about something that could be in the future or something that you you experienced in the past that wasn't comfortable or feeling frustrated that the future isn't coming fast enough or whatever is the moment that you know you're not you're not focused in the now. And it, it, and until you're focused in the now, you really won't get anywhere. Getting mm-hmm. to the now is the place to be if you want to get somewhere because that's where it all happens. Right. It's all, You're always going to be in the now. And, and if you really think about it, there is really no past and no future because you can't really go one second into the past and you can't really go one second into the future. You're always going to be right here. <laughs> and so it's sort of like accepting the fact that, oh, so – this is almost like an eternal moment, and I'm just always creating in this moment, mm-hmm. in a sense, I'm allowing. And and then if yet, combined with that, let source have your back, um, then you're sort of in this moment trusting that there's this wonderful, loving, bene- benevolent, benign universe that's got your back. And even though sh- shit happens, stuff comes up you're 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 well taken care of and that's a powerful way to begin to look at your life and it's a choice you can make yeah it it takes some time when you're doing this deliberately for you to get enough experiences enough pieces of evidence put together to recognize that the universe has your back but the more that you focus on staying in or the more that i focus i should put it this way the more that i focused on staying in the now and focused on what was going on right now that was good in my life. That's another favorite process of mine. You know, if I'm feeling bad, I want to take my mind off the thing that I'm feeling bad about. Well, one of the best ways to do that is to say to myself, okay, well, I don't like that. I don't like X. X is really, really, really bothering me. But what is going on in my life these days that I do like? Because there's always something, you know, and and if you can't think of anything, go back to basics. The basics are, do you have... Food on the table. Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have clothing on your back? Do you have oxygen in your lungs? Do you have oxygen (laughs) in your lungs? Absolutely. I mean, the basics are still there. We forget about them when we're in a bad spot. They are. They are. And and that leads to the one of appreciation is what you're describing. That's true. Yes, that is appreciation. And and it's, or or at least it's the very early stages of appreciation. Recognizing that there's something else going on besides this horrible X that I've been dealing with. Right. And I don't mean X person. I mean just letter X. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are the things that in spite or even within the situation you're in, no matter how bad it seems to be, where what are some things you can appreciate about where you're at? And it can take and practice. I mean, the, okay. I remember the first time Louise and I did this little game. We, we would do this at the end of the day, and we still do uh, periodically, is we'll ask each other, what are three good things that happened today? If you mm-hmm. had a day where you had stuff going on that you didn't like, the first few times you try that can take a long time to come up with even one good thing that happens that day. You know what I mean? Well, when you're really, really in a place that you feel pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, it can be. It, it can take a while. But if you mm-hmm. stick with it, you can say, well, okay, yeah, I guess one good thing happened today. Was It was kind of basic, but I had a good breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so small, right? It seems so right. insignificant to this terrible thing that happened all day long, but it really isn't. Because the more that I focus on the breakfast, the less that I'm focusing on the terrible thing that went on. 
And that mm-hmm. is where the shift takes place. Mm-hmm. It's in yeah, refocusing. I, there's just so many ways you can appreciate, even, even when you're in a really bad place. If you, like I, I use this appreciation journal and sometimes when I'm in a really difficult place, I'll get it out and I'll start writing things then about what I'm experiencing. And I'll say, so what about how bad this feels to me is actually working out for me? How is, how, what are the good qualities of this? that are leading me to the next better feeling place or that are opening my heart or that are, you know, helping me feel my feelings and, you know, processing stuff that I've been needing to process for a really long time. And now it's finally getting out in the open and now I can finally feel it. And so there's, there's ways to find appreciation about all kinds of things that are even that we would call so-called negative things Absolutely. because it's sort of like, that's what one of the best things about, about, contrast is is finding the silver lining or or what is good about the particular thing that's the contrast you know the it's the yin and the yang you know you can't mm-hmm. you can't have light without darkness so what can you appreciate about the darkness you know well in the darkness i can rest in the darkness i can close my eyes and not have to be worried about what's going on in the light um, right i mean you know there's just different ways that we can find find solace in everything you know one way or the other and not, and not always feel like there's horrible things that I always have to flee from. Right. Yeah. And, and what we're ultimately trying to do is refocus, take our, mm-hmm. our, change our focus away from the thing that's bugging us. Cause as strange as it sounds, when we are able to finally just, if necessary, rip ourselves away from it and focus on anything else that feels better and anything, no matter how inconsequential it may seem, no matter how it may seem to have absolutely no impact on whatever that terrible thing is that we're dealing with. Just the act of taking our attention away from that terrible thing and focusing on something that is better helps us to feel better about the thing because mm-hmm. we're no longer so fixated on how horrible it is. It's yeah, the fixation over and over again. Yeah. That yeah. fixation is what kills us. That fixation is what ties us down. It's what ties our hands behind our backs because we become yeah. so fixated on that horrible thing that's going on. And that's what right. we're trying to do. We're trying to break that 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 focus of concentration on, oh, God, I really hate that thing that's going on. Because mm. as we all know from the law of attraction, if I continue to focus on, oh, I really hate that thing that's going on, I am guaranteed to get more of, oh, I hate that thing that's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, they call it rumination, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just ruminating over it again and again and again and again. And it that actually is never going to really get you out of it. And sometimes we think that by focusing on the problem again and again and again, something's going to change, you know, but that's, we've talked about that many podcasts, you know, like how how can you tell the bad feeling story again and again and again and expect that you're going to get into a better feeling place? Right. I believe they call it insanity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this has been good. Uh, really, really good uh, discussion here. And, and we've been breaking ground because we just did our first live stream broadcast on Facebook while we're doing the podcast. So this has been a very good day breaking and ground. breaking ground. Uh, before we leave, I want to remind people once again, subscribe if you're not yet a subscriber. The instructions are at the homepage, LOAToday.net. And Tom, how does somebody reach out to you for a little quick coaching? They can go to my website, which is you are joy. That's the three words, Y-O-U-A-R-E-J-O-Y.com. And sign up there for a free half hour of coaching with me where we'll take a look at what's going on in your life and how I might be able to help you. Sounds great. All right. Tom, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you next week. 
Wonderful, Walt. Have a great week. Yep, I will do that. We hope that you have a good time and a good, uh, enjoyable week and keep joining us next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>